My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 104 of Legally Clueless. I am so grateful to have you as part of the tribe. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Hey, podcast. <laughs> what is that? Podcast. Welcome to the tribe. You can find us on Twitter. The hashtag is Legally Clueless or on Instagram. We're at Legally Clueless Podcast. We're also quickly approaching the two year mark. Can you imagine that? On the 18th of March, this podcast is going to turn two years old. I'm so excited. The celebrations are not going to be as uh, grand as the 100th episode. (laughs) But I do intend to be in the next two months adding a few new knickknacks to the podcast. And they're very exciting to be working on. You know what? I'm just going to stop talking about it because I'm going to give out too much info. (laughs) Because I'm not so good at secrets. So yeah, in the next two months, dope stuff. Let's leave it at that. I am really excited for this episode because first and foremost, the story featured is by a legally clueless listener who sent in the story demo. And secondly, the story is so insightful. It's doing things that we don't normally do. Listen to this. We met in 2016 and the one who approached him I thought he was really good looking I thought he had a great personality so I noticed that I would never allow him to make his own decisions it started in small small ways like for example if we're going somewhere I'm the one to decide what he's going to wear I started liking music that I don't particularly like because I've noticed that one of his female friends likes that kind of music he had a lot of female friends He tended to spend a lot of time with them, more than he did with me. I texted him and I told him, I don't think I can do this anymore. And um, I don't know what I was expecting, but he was just like, okay. (laughs) I mean, he had his bunch of mistakes and they were many. So after the relationship ended, I actually really, really miss him. That is a story by Nicole. It's going to be coming your way a little later in this episode. This episode goes out on Monday because, yeah. New episodes always do. And Monday is or was, depending on when you're listening to this, International Women's Day. And especially after starting my initiative and really being on ground for stuff that I do around the initiative, being on ground with various partners that I have who have programs in low income areas, I just started hating a lot of these thematic days like International Women's Day. Okay, maybe hate is a strong word, but I started stepping back from them just a little bit because I realized how performative they are especially when I stepped back performative not in terms of like individuals but more so in terms of huge organizations and governments that can do so much more to impact women's lives on ground and on these days they just choose flashy campaigns and empty promises and I just I don't know. It really irks me because there's a lot more these organizations can do. Another thing that irks me, especially when I think back on my time working in a media house, is how these media companies, (laughs) even where I worked, we would celebrate International Women's Day. On air, we would be like celebrating the women in our lives, the women in our listeners' lives. One of the meanest bosses I ever had on that day would like buy the female employees flowers or chocolates, which at the time I was just like, oh, this is so kind. And you know me and gifts. (laughs) 
it's such a weakness. But like in hindsight, when I think about the key issues women or like the female employees were facing, I'm just like, man, we did not need chocolates or roses. We needed certain managers to stop making sexist comments. We needed more dignified environment for breastfeeding moms. We needed more respect and adherence to like the law for pregnant employees who go on maternity leave. We needed to be harassed less as female employees. So like when I think about that, then I'll see so many companies on International Women's Day say, oh, we're celebrating women, work women into their commercial campaigns. I'm like, but your office, what are y'all really doing to ensure just the women in that space have a space that is safe and dignified, you know? And then I also realized I don't really care about the themes. (laughs) I know that sounds so, I don't know how it sounds, but like, again, Last year, being in Kibera, in Madare, in Mukurukwa, Njenga, Mukurukwa, Ruben, and seeing how just the pandemic affected women in terms of sexual violence and so many other things. I'm like, what does this theme really mean on ground? We all know what the problem is. We all know what the solution is. Why are we hiding behind themes and colorful campaigns? Where's the impact? And sometimes it can be very overwhelming when you think about these issues, especially if you're like, okay, as an individual, what am I meant to do? What can I really influence? I think it's just maybe you take this day, International Women's Day, to introspect and figure out what are you doing to ensure the women in your spaces or who you share spaces with are safe, are treated with dignity? What are you doing, let's say, if you're an employee to demand for accountability for those spaces that you're part of? Are you using your voice in that space to fight for or to champion for women's safety, dignity, etc., etc.? I guess I think that would be more powerful for me instead of getting lost in a theme or any wild campaign is just to think about what your personal role is. Because maybe like a huge impact is made up of small impacts here and there. Speaking of figuring out what your role is, remember my book uh-huh, that I co-authored with Lanji. I definitely will be bringing Lanji on this podcast. So in case you do not know, we co-authored a book that amplifies not only our stories, but voices of so many other women and support systems of women. And it's stories around sexual violence and we have if you're listening to this on monday well it depends what time you listen to this but at some point today being monday (laughs) i will be putting up our book cover so i'll unveil that on my social media platforms please go check it out i'm so proud of this book cover we came up with this concept We were not sure it was going to come to fruition or look the way we thought it would in our minds, but it's come out so beautifully. Ah! And that's just a cover that is so powerful. Now inside the stories. Ah, I can't wait. I can't wait for you to be able to purchase this book. So unveiling the cover is step one in the countdown to the launch that's coming very soon. Okay, let's jump into the song of the week. I really like this song and I was just telling my partner Fal about it and how I think it's one of the best breakup songs. (laughs) 
So the song is by Jeanne Aiko. It's BS. No, like that's the name. <laughs> it's not BS. It's absolutely wonderful. She features her in it. It's I really love it. It's such a good breakup song. Now, I've not been through too many conventional breakups. <laughs> that sounds so bad. First, I haven't been in that many relationships. I've been in one, two, three. There's another one that I really don't count as. Re- okay, but you know what? Let me be Katya's. Four. <laughs> Five. I think I've been in five relationships and I started dating when I was 15. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so my relationships used to spill over into the next. As I said in the 100th episode, no, I was not cheating. It's just like, you know, you do this thing, which I think is very smart. When you're in a relationship and you know the end is approaching, you prepare yourself before the actual breakup. So you've done so much work. <laughs> In being okay with yourself, you know, all that stuff that you do by yourself, you do it while you're in the relationship, you're preparing yourself. So when you do have the actual official breakup, you've done a lot of the healing. (laughs) Honestly, this is not BS. (laughs) Tried and tested, guys. (laughs) And then you just end up jumping into another relationship. No, don't do that. Take time out. It's good. I took not such a long time, but the longest time I've ever taken single before I got with my partner. And it was a really good time. I learned a lot about myself and I had so much fun. So yeah, if you can take time, if your relationships bleed into the next, you're not alone. What was I saying? Yes. So back when I was going through my few breakups, the breakup songs back then were so sad. Like they were just built to make you cry. But now it's like breakup songs that make you feel so good about the breakup. Like this one, BS. I have put a link to it in the description of this episode. Do check it out. Speaking of breakups, the story in this episode is about that. It's about the introspection that you do after a breakup where you learn things about yourself and sometimes the things that you learn about your problematic habits as well. Mm, Yeah, we all have a few of those. So our storyteller's name is Nicole and she lets us in on her post-breakup introspection. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. My name is Nicole. I live in Kenya and my story is on red flags manifesting in in a relationship, but not so much you identifying them in the other person, but you identifying your own red flags. This is something that I learned in a relationship that I was in for about four years. Uh, We met in 2016. I'm the one who approached him. We had been in each other's lives for some time but we never really used to talk but now in 2016 we found each other in the same environment and I decided to approach him because I thought he was really good looking one two I thought he had a great personality he always used to make people laugh and that is something that I was really really attracted to and something that I would say sustained us throughout the whole relationship through the ups and the downs was how he always managed to make me laugh. I can't narrow down specific memorable moments throughout the whole relationship because they were both extremes. I don't think there was ever like a calm moment. It was either we were really happy or really sad. I've not been in many relationships, honestly, 
but that was one of the most significant that I've had in my life. I'll just go straight into the red flags and how they manifested. These are aspects about myself that even if I would say I was aware of them, they never really bothered me until this being in this particular relationship. So I'm just going to list them and then I expound on them. So the red flags I would say are con being controlling, being insecure, always craving to be the center of attention. And the last one is... I would say a new, will I call it a trend? Okay, let me not call it a trend, but something that I also became aware of later on in life, which is lack of self-awareness, that is actually a red flag. Because if you're self-aware, then there are some things that when you're getting into a relationship, you will know that these are the things that you want from the person. These are the things that you are willing to give that person and so on and so forth. So I noticed that I would never allow him to make his own decisions. It would always be, at the end of the day, am I happy? Even if it's something that he's doing for himself, I would somehow manage to make it about me. And that really affected us. So it would come from like, this. it started in small, small ways. Like for example, if we're going somewhere, I'm the one to decide what he's going to wear. Or when we get there, I'm the one to decide how long we're going to stay at that place. If I want to go home, I want to go home. He started reacting. If I can, yeah, he started um getting upset because he realized that, wait, I never make my own decisions in this relationship. It's always how we are the highway. And that's when I would say most of the arguments began, when now he started to have a voice of his own, which I never really allowed him to do. And I guess in the beginning, he was okay with that. But you know, as the years go by in a relationship, you're both growing, you're both maturing. So when he realized he needed to have a voice of his own and I couldn't let him do that, then we started arguing and the relationship started going south from there. The next thing I would say is now the insecurity bit. I didn't even know that I was insecure until this relationship. You know, I always thought, yeah, you can think of other people as better than you or less than you or that sort of thing. But I didn't think that it was something that I actually, a trait that I actually had. How I came to realize that I was insecure is, okay, aside from the fact that this person I was dating had a multitude of feeble friends, it just started showing in small ways. For example, I would always talk down about people that maybe he thought were doing significantly well. I would always manage to say, ah, but they're not even all that, or but they're not even better than me, or stuff like that. And it started bugging him because it's like, I, it started bugging him because now he couldn't even make new friends because each new friend that would come into his life, male or female, I would always have something to say about it. Like, why are you friends with so-and-so? Is it because they're better than me in this and this way? And even when he tried to tell me, no, I'm just friends with them because I like them for who they are and it has nothing to do with you. I would never understand that. In terms of like now the female friends that he had, because yes, I'm a girl and these things do affect me in one way or another, even if I thought I was above them. He used to mostly hang out with his female friends. I don't know whether it was out of, it was easier because he grew up in a female home. I don't know. So I started now really comparing myself to them. Was it, be it their, mu their taste in music, their taste in fashion, their taste in um, where they like to eat, where they like to wine and dine, where they like to go out. So I started comparing myself to his friends in that way. I started liking music that I don't particularly like because I've noticed that maybe one of his female friends likes that kind of music. Or I, st I start to dress in a certain way because I've noticed that one of his female friends dressed that way and that's what he seems to like, that sort of thing. So that was actually very detrimental to me and my self-esteem, which in one way or another, I am still trying to recover. What happened is I noticed that whenever we would be somewhere, like 
even just a bunch of us, like me and his friends and some of my friends. I would like to be, I wanted to be the center of attention. Well, honestly, growing up, I have been the center of attention. I've always been the one who is thought of as she's a pretty one, she's a smart one, she can sing, all that stuff. And so growing up with that, like I've, everywhere I've gone, even if I don't want it to happen, like I, I always managed to draw the attention of people. And this is one thing that this guy did not give me. Like he always managed to make me feel very ordinary, which was like to me a bit sad because I'm like, I'm like your girlfriend, you know, like I should be, I'm not saying the sun shines out of my eyes, but I wanted to feel a bit more appreciated than he made me feel. And so because of that, now I started acting out and it would, it so happened that whenever we would go anywhere, I would always imagine I'd like cause a tantrum or something just so that I can be seen or heard. And it's not that I even want to be seen or heard by other people, but I want to be seen or heard by him because he just, I somehow managed to fade into the crowd whenever I was with him. And that really, really upset me. And lastly, I would say it's the lack of self-awareness that at the end of the day really closed that chapter on our relationship. For a very long time, I thought I knew who I was. And I guess I have somehow managed to carry out that theme through the other red flags that I have mentioned by saying that I didn't know them until now this relationship. So honestly, lack of self-awareness to me... It wasn't a big deal before. It was one of those things that when people say, I'm self-aware, it, it was basic things like, I know that I like ice cream. I know that I like to read books. But I realized that it's actually deeper than that. For example, if I'm using the example of I like to read books, yes, you like to read books, but what kind of books actually speak to you? You know, that's where you find out who you really are. Or yes, you like to spend time with your friends but what do you like to spend time with your friends doing you know because now that's at the core of who you really are so lack of self-awareness I'm going to relate this directly to love languages because that's what I guess a relationship is founded on you know amongst other things love languages comprise a core part of the success of the success or failure of any relationship. This is a conversation that I actually had with my sister some time back when I was now telling her how about this relationship and she asked me, but do you know what your love language is? Because if you don't, and then you end up being with someone who doesn't speak to your love language, you're constantly going to be at loggerheads because you're not understanding one another. So my love language is actually words of affirmation. I think there are apparently five love languages. I can't remember them because this is something that I read recently. I like constant reassurance. I like being complimented every now and then. That's what I'm into. It as much as yes, there's also, you know, the gifts, the going out on dates and whatnot. I would rather someone who I can, I feel like I can talk to, someone I feel like has my, has my back all the time, someone who reassures me and that sort of thing. And oh my goodness, this person did not understand that at all, at all. <laughs> it's actually quite funny when I think about it now. At first, I used to just ignore some of the comments that he would make. But then later I realized that I bottled them so much that one day I just exploded. And this is how. So I got an internship at a particular farm that I had been wanting to get for so long. It had been like my dream internship. And so being very excited and being in a relationship, the first person that I wanted to tell was this guy. Immediately after they told me, you know, you're going to start this and this month. I immediately got into the Uber and I, you know, I went to his place and I was like, guess what? 
I got it and I'm so excited and all that. And he just said something along the lines of, that's so nice, good for you. So what are you going to do to celebrate? You should take yourself somewhere. And in my mind, I'm like, wait, isn't this supposed to be our joy? Like, shouldn't you be like, I'm so happy for you, babe. You know, let's do this. Let's do that. Because I had been talking to him about it for so long. And it's something that he knew that I wanted for so long. None of my friends or even my own family knew how much I wanted this internship. And so for me to share that news with the one person that I thought would, you know, celebrate with me and be happy with me. And for him to give me that nonchalant reaction, I was, I was so sad. Uh, for me, female best friends are not a thing. It's something that I discovered. There are people who are cool with it, but personally, I'm not. I believe in boundaries. And for example, I do have my share of male friends, but when any one of them has gotten into a relationship or is, you know, trying to be serious with someone, I won't be calling them at 10 in the morning, you know, 6 p.m., 7 p.m., asking them to, you know, go out on date with me. I won't really be doing that because I respect the fact that there's another woman in his life and he needs to spend more time with her than he's spending with me. That also caused quite a, rift, a bit of drift in our relationship because he had a lot of female friends. He tended to spend a lot of time with them more than he did with me. He would say stuff like, I'm always with you. We are always, you know, doing work together. We are always hanging out together. But that's not what I wanted. I wanted us to spend time together doing things that were just not work. For example, you know, just going out on dates, going out to the club together, you know, doing fun activities together because I'm that kind of person who will be like, let's go to Karura and ride bikes. Let's go zip lining. Let's go, you know, all that stuff. I'm that kind of person. But he never really did that with me. He was always so ready to do that with his, you know, female friends, but never me. And that really, really offended me and hurt me. And right now I still have such a tough relationship with anyone I'm getting into a relationship with now. I'm always like concerned when, you know, there's this particular female in his life who, you know, seems to be very close with him because from my experience, you know, it's always, there's always something going on. Something that I came to learn later, but that's, if I start now talking about that, the whole, you know, one of his female friends and them being cozy, that's going to be a whole other therapy session. So let's not get into that. What I would say now really did it for me is towards the, what I would call the twilight moments of our relationship is when now my friends actually started pointing it out. They started telling me how much I have changed, how much I'm not like myself anymore. I'm always angry because I was always angry. Or I'm always sad, or I'm always lashing out. I always have negative. I'm just negative. I, you know, they don't even want to hang out with me anymore because I'm. I just carry this negative vibe with me. And one of my closest friends actually gave me a long, hard lecture. She actually gave me an ultimatum. She was like, "It's either him or us. At the end of the day, it's up to you to choose. Because when you're with us, you're happy. You are yourself." And nowadays, you're not that kind of person anymore. And when you're with him, you're always sad. You're always second-guessing yourself. You're always moody. You're just in this space where it's not healthy. And if that's how you want to continue living, that's up to you. But you're not. if you're going to be with him, then we're not going to be your friends. Because we don't want to be friends with someone who can't even stand up for themselves and realize they're in a, they're in a situation that makes them unhappy and move. And that is what actually woke me up. And it especially woke me up because she was telling me this at her graduation party 
And I was like, this is supposed to be the happiest day of your life. And you're actually thinking about how unhappy you, I am. That just goes to show that I am truly unhappy in this relationship. That was it for me, you know. So after a few days, I just, you know, I texted him and I told him, I don't think I can do this anymore. And um, I don't know what I was expecting, but he was just like, okay. <laughs> and I guess more than anything, that's what I needed. Because honestly, after that relationship, I've never felt lighter. I've never felt happier. Like I didn't think I could be, this is a feeling that I could ever have because I hadn't had it in three years. To be honest, I could have made this podcast about him and told everyone how, you know, he used to do this or that. I really wanted to do that as well. But after reading so many books about um, relationships, I decided to, you know, not do the blame game because it's so easier to point fingers at the other person and say, you made me like this or I am like this because of you. I mean, he had his bunch of mistakes and they were many. And they were forgivable, some were unforgivable. But just like he had his, I also had mine. And honestly, it became easier to look at myself and to deal with myself because I had, I have to live with myself for the rest of my life. You know, after we break up, he's going to be doing his own thing. I'm going to be doing my own thing. And if I don't identify what it is that manifested in that relationship that showed me a different side of myself, I'm going to carry that with me in every other relationship that I'm going to be in. I'm going to be controlling. I'm going to be insecure. I'm going to crave attention. I'm not going to be aware of what it is that I want when I'm getting into a relationship or what kind of person it is that I'm actually attracted to. And because of that, I'm, I guess I'm going to have a lot of failed relationships on my plate. Not even romantic relationships, but even platonic ones or even those with my siblings. I wanted to become a better person overall not because of any reason other than I needed to be better for me and that is why I decided to even towards the end of the relationship I decided to look at myself and ask myself what is he what is it about me that's actually making this relationship not work you know because he's not the only person that I'm ever gonna be with I'm going to meet so many other people and when I meet them, I want to be better. I want to be a healthier version of myself. That particular relationship really changed how I not only look at myself, but how I also look at other people who want to date me now. Let me just be honest. So after the relationship ended, I actually really, really missed him. But then I one day decided to make a list. I'm a big fan of lists. Remember I said, I'm going to go back to the red flags controlling. So in my controlling, I am a planner to the T. Like I'm the kind of person who wakes up in the morning and I'm going to write what I'm going to do from 7 a.m. until 11 p.m. And if anything outside of that is to happen, I feel like my whole day will just be ruined, which is how I guess the controlling part of myself manifested in the relationship. But after the relationship ended, I actually began to miss him and I decided to at the, I'm going to sit down and make a list of all the things that I liked about him and the relationship and all the things that I disliked about him and the relationship. And I was absolutely shocked when the list of things that I disliked about the relationship and about him was way longer than the things that I actually liked about him. I decided that I was going to take a break from just dating people and from guys in general, just figure out what it is that I want from the next relationship because that's someone that I have to be with 
I decided I wouldn't settle. Like I wouldn't just date someone because they are different from that guy. Because I realized that is something that I started doing. I started like now just being, I wouldn't say dating them. Okay, yeah, getting to know people. Because in my mind, I'd be like, oh, so you're not like so-and-so in this way. That means you're good for me. Which is not a very good way to approach a relationship. I feel like it should be very objective. And so I'm not in a hurry to get into a relationship right now. I'm really taking my time about it. Because I want to ensure that when I'm getting into the next thing, I'm not looking at what he had or didn't have and comparing it to what this next person has or doesn't have in comparison to him. I just want it to be very objective. Like, I actually like this person because of who they are and not because they are not like so-and-so in that way. To be honest, like I said, I've never felt, gosh, I can't say I've ever been this happy because for the last, we were together for three, four years. I was so unhappy. So nowadays I just feel so light. Even when I'm, I'm doing things for myself, I'm spending a lot of time with myself. Okay, of course, also due to Corona. I w- I'm very happy nowadays. Even my friends notice that change. They're like, my gosh, it's so much easier to be with you nowadays. You're, you, you've gone back to being who you were when we met. I'm the kind of person who likes making jokes. I'm the kind of person who, I'm the one, the girl who, when you go to the club, I'm the one pulling you to dance. Before I'd be the one who's just sitting down and shy and insecure because, you know, my boyfriend told me I can't dance or something like that. But nowadays I'm more confident. I'm lighter. I'm happier. And I've had a, a series of guys hitting on me. Old me would have immediately jumped onto the next guy and be like, yep. Let's do this. Let's try this a different way. But now I'm not so, I don't call it desperate, but I'm not so eager to jump onto the next thing because I'm okay just being alone because I'm happy with who I am right now. I'm not looking to get to figure out who I am by being with someone else. I'm okay with figuring out who I am by myself. He wasn't a bad person at all. I can't say. In fact, if anyone asked me, should I date so-and-so? I'll be like, yes, go ahead. He's actually a very, he's a very nice person. He has a very big heart. He has a lovely sense of humor. He's a very good person. I guess the problem was that he just wasn't for me. And I feel like it's important for people to leave a relationship, not hating the other person so much. Okay, as if there are no like detrimental reasons to hate that person, but it's healthy to leave a relationship appreciating what the good parts of that other person because it's even it's easier to forgive them because if you go on hating them it's going to even cloud your vision when you're getting even when you're getting to know yourself again or when you're getting into the next relationship that's one thing i would say i really appreciated about myself was how i was able to leave that relationship having forgiven him and understanding that It's not that he was a bad person, he just wasn't for me. And in in as much as it hurt, I had to deal with it. Catch more African stories in the next episode of Legally Clueless. I really liked that story from Nicole. It wasn't your conventional story, but when I heard her story demo that she sent to the hotline, I was just like, oh, it's not often where after a breakup you focus 100% on things maybe you've learned about yourself, your problematic habits and then vocalize them normally you just keep it inside because <laughs> you're just like that other person was the problem so i was very intrigued by that because immediately after even just personally i'm just on some fucking vibes but it takes me a while to be like oh, 
I think I contributed to the mess here, here and here. In fact, speaking of contribution, I had this conversation <laughs> with an ex of mine who's become a very good, not become, has always been a very good friend of mine. The two things that I realized were my problematic habits back in the day were I really used to try and own people. It's a control freak in me. And even aside from it being unfair on the person, it's just unfair on you because it's so much heartache. My God. And it's, it requires so much energy. I remember one very toxic relationship I was in and before it went bust I really used to try and like own the guy and the stress that brought me I <laughs> I think that was the relationship when I got out and I could like look back and introspect so I'm like where <laughs> giving myself unnecessary stress and the other thing is there was a point I was very clingy you know where when you get into a relationship you completely lose yourself your identity your friends the activities you liked to do and it may not be necessarily because the other person is requiring that from you I think I just used to find myself putting everything I loved on a back burner and clinging onto this person but yeah that wasn't so wise <laughs> so what I love about right now, my marriage and my relationship with my partner is, and he also says it like, let's never forget that we have our own lives. We have our own group of friends, our own activities that we enjoy doing. I have moments that I desperately need me time, which is every single day. And we just need to respect that we are individuals first. Yeah, so this story made me think a lot, which is one of the reasons I couldn't wait to share it with you, even though I recorded it last year, but still, I couldn't wait. <laughs> Nicole sent her story demo to the Legally Clueless hotline, and you can do that as well. Just record a one-minute demo. Please try and keep it to one minute because there's so many demos that come through. I saw somebody send a 13... 13- <laughs> A 13 minute one. I just saved it because I was like, Way? <laughs> I will definitely listen to it, but I have to carve time <laughs> to really focus for all of those 13 minutes. But yeah, so you can record it. Just tell me a bit about the story you want to share. Use your WhatsApp audio note feature to do that and then send it to the Legally Clueless hotline, which is plus 254-768-628-790 and we'll take it from there. And you can also on that number in case you connect with something, maybe even if it's this episode and, you know, it's made you, Nicole's story has made you think about your past relationships and breakups, you can record an audio note and share that as well. This is Majikiri in Limpopo province, the Republic of South Africa. I just listened to the very latest episode of Legally Clueless. It touched me in ways I'll probably not be able to explain anytime soon. I appreciate you for the work that you do with this podcast. Thank you so, so much for telling raw stories, for being so unapologetic about everything. I appreciate you. And I can tell you now, everyone in my circle in Limpopo, South Africa, will know about Legally Clueless and they will listen to Legally Clueless. Love you so much. Bye. Isn't it so interesting that a story by Mercy, and Mercy was based in Thika, can resonate with somebody on the complete opposite side of the continent. It just goes to show how connected we are. Our human experiences obviously are different, but there's so many similarities. I'm so thankful, Majikili, for 
you listening to the podcast and sharing it with your friends in South Africa. I am very grateful for that. Do remember this podcast plays on Trace Radio in Kenya. Head over to traceradio.co.ke for a list of all the frequencies. It plays on Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon and at 7 p.m. Except on Friday, it's only at 12 noon. And my neighbor has turned on her water pump despite me asking her not to for at least one hour. (sighs) Uh, So that is my cue to (laughs) end this episode. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.